Hi, good morning everyone. <laughs> Sorry about that, it seems that the countdown didn't work this morning, so um, uh, I'll have to sort of sort that out before next week, so sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Hi, I hope you're all okay this morning, hope you're uh, keeping well and um, enjoying the sunny weather. It's uh, lovely, isn't it? It's been, the uh, last couple of days, it's been lovely. I got out in the garden, did a load of work yesterday, and it's uh, fantastic, brilliant. Well, let's just pray together, shall we? And then, um, and then we'll make a start. And let me just emphasize to you this morning, um, it was really great to have a little bit more interaction with you last week on the, on the live feed. And if at any point during this morning, you just feel like you wanna write something on there, please do. You feel like you's, you got, even if it's just a, like, a little word of encouragement or something like that, you know, that's really, really great. And a little bit of feedback. I just, it's just really nice to sort of get that back from you and to be able to interact a little bit like that as well. So please do do. Uh, feel free to do that. So, Lord Jesus, we just want to commit this morning to you, Lord. We we think you're amazing, Lord. We love you to bits. And we just want to pray this morning, God, that as we gather together this morning, that Holy Spirit, wherever we are, we will know and sense your presence today. And that, Lord, we will feel and know that you are with us. And, uh, and that, Lord, we will just grow in our relationship with you in some way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brilliant. Great. Okay. So, well, this morning um, we're just going to spend. Uh, we're going to have some time together now to worship together, and um, uh, and, and in our worship, let's just engage with this beautiful Jesus that we follow, shall we? Um, and then I'm going to share a little bit from Colossians later on. Um, but actually, um, it is. I know last week I said it was a year on, and I showed that little video or what have you last week. Um, be Mother's Day last week, but actually, it, technically today is marks a year since we've been in lockdown uh, in terms of church. And, um, and I came across this little video that I'm gonna play in a minute, which is a lament given by a guy who, um, I think he's associated with the Evangelical Alliance. And it's just a lament about the last year that in one sense leads us towards a place of hope. Uh, I found it quite inspiring and quite helpful. Uh, a year on in to this um, process that we're in. And um, yeah, I'll try, I, and we'll go straight from this into a time of worship. So I hope you find this helpful this morning. When rumours of a virus turn to evening government updates, when headlines move to daily news of fresh infection growth rates, when schools are closed and holidays postponed, everyone's asking, who's been furloughed? A slight change of plans, just wash your hands, it's like the flu, remember? Let's stay at home, do pee with Joe, it'll be over by September. How long, oh Lord? When streets resemble ghost towns at peak lockdown regulation, when we crave a crowd, cry out for connection from full-blown isolation, when millions search for online church with newfound innovation. Everything's online, but getting loo roll is a hassle. And trust in powers eroded by trips to Barnard Castle. It all ends in tears. There's no quick fix when you're a table of seven, but there's a rule of six. How long, oh Lord? When our dreams are dashed, ambitions strangled, Christmas plans destroyed and a righteous anger rises at the murder of George Floyd. And when families are asked to grieve behind masks at graves of precious loved ones past, life is in limbo, we're stuck in between. Herd immunity or miracle vaccine, 2020 shortchanged by COVID-19, 
and children can't get the food that they need. How long, oh Lord, with ever-growing numbers of the daily deaths presented. When this is the new normal, when what life was like lamented, and will people stop using the word unprecedented? We are zoomed out, homeschooled out, restrictions extended, and those we love die unattended. How long, oh Lord? I've been deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I'd hoped for from the Lord and my soul is downcast within me. And yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just dwell on that thought for a moment, shall we? Just thank you, Lord, that it is you that we wait upon. Lord, in the context of that lament that we heard about, that we had uh, right at the beginning there, Lord, that God, that it's you that we still come to. It's you that we wait upon. And Lord, we recognize that waiting upon you is not, uh, it's not something that we do, in, you know, it's not a passive thing, but it's an active thing. And Lord, we also recognise that you're the God who walks with us through all that we go through. We love you, God.
on those words thank you Lord thank you Lord that you're there with us in everything we love you God isn't it great to know you know just that image of, of being there in the water being there in the fire and and ultimately there in the in the death and the resurrection you know in a few weeks time we're going to remember Easter Sunday Resurrection Sunday and uh, a day in which we celebrate the life of God uh, and the most powerful expression of the, of the hand of God in human history. Wow. Hey. That brings me actually to, uh, the only note really got today is um, thanks to those of you who, um, uh, who filled out the survey online the other week. There was, I think it was 35 of you that, that did that. And... Um, and one of the things that we asked of you on that was, would you be interested um, in a one-off? Um, it seems that most people were keen to wait until after the 21st or for things to have progressed a little bit more before we really go back to um, in-person meetings. Um, but we asked, you know, would you be interested in a one-off on a Sunday um, and uh, on Easter Sunday? And, um, and I think it was like something like... 65% of you said that you would. So it seems like there's a fair number of you that would actually be interested in having um, an Easter Sunday um, in-person service. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to try that out and see how we go. Um, probably what it will be will be a mixture of streaming. So it'll be a little bit like what we're doing now um, with a few in-the-room activities as well. And... Um, uh, and then, you know, so that there'll be a bit of a mixture of both. So those of you who still don't feel ready to come, that's perfectly fine, seriously. And, um, and you know, I want you to feel free to be at home and do, you know, to be in your zone. And that, that's really, really great. But we want you to feel connected. So we'll make sure that we're still streaming. And those of you who just feel like you'd like to have an in-person in, in meeting, we will have all the sort of expected... Um, uh, criteria for being together on a Sunday so there will be social distancing you'll need to um, log in and uh, and all that sort of stuff and, and we'll um, uh, and we'll sort of guide you through that so basically what we'll do is this week we'll send out um, uh, information on how you can book a place and we will need to be and uh, there is a maximum we can only have I think it's about 32 people in the room so um, uh, so it will be first come first served and, and we'll give you some indications of the sorts of things that we'll do. So we'll give you some idea of how to book in, but hey, exciting, eh? really. And uh, that we'll be able to sort of just, and then just see how that goes and before we decide what we'll do uh, again beyond that. Brilliant. 
Great, and just also off the back of that, please continue to pray, won't you, that God gives us wisdom on the way that we as a church uh, progress from this time forward. Brilliant. Okay, well, I'm going to share a few thoughts from the scriptures now. hope that's okay. And um, we've been thought, walking through Colossians, haven't we? Colossians chapter, uh, and we got to Colossians chapter 2. And um, I really appreciate some of the feedback I got from you last week as well, you know, because I did go off, um, off track a little bit last week and just share a few thoughts that I felt was relevant. And uh, it's really helpful to get the feedback from you and so, say, you know, that, that was helpful to you. And um, yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, let me just pray and then we'll read some scripture together and we'll share some thoughts. Lord Jesus, we love you and we just want to be able to love you deeper and we want to be able to follow you with a greater passion. And so I pray this morning, Lord, that as we think some thoughts together, that we will see you in the text and we'll see you and we'll learn and think about how we can follow you with a greater passion and a greater awareness. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and for what you do in our lives. Amen. Brilliant. Okay, well, let's um, just read a portion of Scripture together, shall we? Um, Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 to 15. Um, let me put it up on a slide here. Brilliant. Okay, Colossians 2, 8 to 15. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, um, but, but with the circumcision done by Christ having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle over them, of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Um, have you ever, um, I guess this happened to us all really, isn't it? You buy something um, and it doesn't quite meet your expectations. <laughs> or you buy into something and it doesn't quite meet your expectations. Have, have you ever been there? You know, you go out for a meal and you think, oh, this is going to be awesome. You know, in that, sorry, can't do that at the moment, can we? But, you know, in those days when we could, you go out for a meal and you think, well, I'm going to splash out on this, you know. And you, start, and you get the meal, you order it up and it's, Oh, it's just, you think, well, I could have cooked better at home. <laughs> and you think, I'm going to have to pay for this now. Ugh. You know, it's, um, you know, the, to be honest with you, I'm one of the tight old what's it I am. I'd be more annoyed that I'm wasting the money than I would, that the meal wasn't up to the scratch, you know. But, you know, <laughs> or, or, you know, or you bought a new car or something and, you, and then you get home and then you have problems with it and it's, oh, it's not up to it, you know. Um, or somebody gives you a suggestion on how you can improve something or, and you think, well, you know, you try it out and actually it doesn't quite deliver, doesn't quite come through and, and it's, it's quite disappointing, isn't it, really? 
Well, I think actually that's part, that's the sort of thing that Paul is and Timothy are touching on here in the book of Colossians. You know, we've been spending some time thinking about how this book is structured and how they get on this, they get into it. And, and the heart of this book really are those little lines there, um, you know, of how Paul and Timothy are encouraging the church in Colossae to not be taken captive by hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human traditions and the basic elements of this world rather than on Christ. And, and, and so it seems that what's happening here is that there are, there are um, ways of living that are being introduced to the Colossian church that probably look a little bit like Christianity, but are not. And, and, um, and and you know that they're they're basically Paul, Paul's basically saying you know I want to say to you that what you're being tempted to buy into here is not going to deliver in the same way that Christ can deliver. And there are you know it's no different today is it there are plenty of philosophies and thoughts and stuff out there. Um, um, you know, there's lots of things out there in, in, in the world around us that are inviting us into their way of seeing the world. Other religions, other um, uh, ways of managing our lives, philosophies, thinking, ways of thinking, patterns of living. Some of them have price tags attached to them, don't you? Buy into this particular program that's going to help you with way you live your life of getting your energy levels back or your thinking or and and some of them you know really helpful things and are not bad but they don't quite deliver in the same way that Christ can deliver and that's basically what Paul's argument is here he's basically saying uh, you know he's exploring he's been building up to this point and saying you know there are things out there that want your attention they want your energy they want your demand that your 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 finances even they want to you to buy into their system and i want to just say to you that if they do not lead you deeper into christ you're going to find yourself in want feeling that you know you've been you, you've been shortchanged there's um Paul, as he sort of addresses that um, in chapters, the, the verses we just read here, there's three thoughts that um, one commentator, Lucas, I think it is, that, that um, uh, suggests that it's, there's three thoughts that we fundamentally see here. One is that Paul basically sort of explores the idea of there is fullness in Christ, that, that, um, that in contrast to the systems, the ways of looking at the world that they're thinking of buying into, there is a sense in which um, there is an alternative in Christ in which they will find fullness. That there is fellowship with Christ. You know, fellowship in his death and in his resurrection in particular. And in, you know, it's con he, contra he, he mixes his metaphors here, circumcision and, uh, and um, death and resurrection. But he's getting to the same point, really, that, that there is a greater existence in life if we will get into the death and the resurrection of Christ. And we'll be thinking about that over the next few weeks, won't we? About how in the death and the resurrection of Christ, that we, we join with him in fellowshipping with him. And then he also touches on the idea that there is a freedom through Christ. And all the things that, that hold us back that are, um, that are actually from the, the, you know, the, the, the powers of the, of the evil one. That want to, to lock us up and bind us up. That there is a freedom that comes by being in Christ. 
You see, if we do we want fullness in this life, then we find it in Christ. Do we want to somehow or another find that we have uh, somebody walking with us through the ups and downs of life and uh, th- then we can have that in Christ? Do we want to find freedom from the things that, um, that hold us back in life? Then we find that in Christ. And that is Paul's basic arguments here. Now, we only have time really today to just touch on one of those thoughts. The idea of fullness. You see, the, 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 the astonishing thing here in this particular passage is that Paul um, says that, um, you know, in Christ the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And he's already touched on fullness previously in relation to salvation uh, in chapter 1. But he, said that he then goes on to say, and you have been given fullness in Christ, um, who is the head over every power and authority. In other words, he's saying that there is, it, it's not just about Jesus having this fullness. He wants to give it to you as well. He wants you to have a fullness that is in him and he wants you to get hold of that as well. There is something about the life of Jesus that he doesn't want to keep it to himself. You know, um, you know we're finding even this, in this time that there's, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? And there's things that we're thinking, oh, I wish I could, you know, get to a stronger place. And we take Paul's words seriously here then there is a fullness that is in offer in Christ that he wants to give to us in contrast to the things that other people want to inject into our lives. Interesting thought, isn't it? But how do we get there? That's the question, I guess, really. How do we get into the fullness of Christ? Well, there's three thoughts that I just want to offer to you today. That How do we walk into the fullness of Christ? One, we get into the fullness of Christ by obeying the words of Jesus. Secondly, we get into the fullness of Christ by following the example of Jesus. And thirdly, we get into the fullness of Christ by accepting the help of Jesus. I'm going to do this really quick this morning and we're going to have some more time to just reflect on this and and worship together in a moment. But um, firstly, we get into the fullness of Christ. How do we get into the fullness of Christ? We get into the fullness of Christ by obeying the words of Jesus. And I can't help but really go back to the Sermon on the Mount here, you know. Um, actually, before we get into that, just we were, we were doing deep, you know, we have deeper on a Sunday morning and uh, just an opportunity where three of us who like throwing around ideas and getting into the text a little bit in the original language and making our brains hurt on a Sunday morning, you know, we, we, we get together and we just like try and dig into things a little bit deeper. And, and, um, and we were looking this morning at, uh, you know, uh, well, we touched this morning on the early stages of church history, the first sort of three centuries, three or four centuries of church history. And, and, and it's interesting to see that some of the um, debates that they managed to get into in those early stages of Christianity very much revolved around who Jesus is and the nature of Jesus. You know, was he God or was he not? Was he divine? If he was God, what, how did that work? You know, how did that outwork? And, uh, and, and sadly, I think they missed the point in many ways because by getting so embroiled in that, they didn't necessarily focus on the mission of Christ which was, and the things he'd sent us to do enough. But it's interesting, isn't it, that the first thing that is attacked in the, in the church is who Jesus is and what he's come to do. Interesting, isn't it? As soon as G, uh, Peter has the great revelation of who Jesus is, the devil appeals to his selfishness and straight away he starts challenging what Jesus has come to do. You know, uh, and, and the first battle that we have in the church in Christ, as Christians is the battle for being Jesus-centred. 
In this season that we're finding ourselves in, I am inc- and we're looking to uh, think about how we are church coming out of this, I am increasingly convinced per- at a personal level that the thing above all else is that we must make sure that we emerge talking the language of Jesus. That we think about who we are in Jesus. That we must look like, we must talk like, we must smell like Jesus as much as we possibly can. And... Um, and if we are not looking, you know, we, I mean, you know, it's great to have all the, all the gimmicks. It's great to have all the organisation. It's great to have all the slick, you know, funk way of doing things. But if we don't carry the nature and the character of Christ, we're not church. That's the way we're meant to be. And getting into the fullness of Christ has to be a step in that direction, doesn't it? Has to be. And so to get into that, um, we obey the words of Jesus. You know, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus um, says, five, um, I think it's six times in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, um, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Interesting how he does that. You see, effectively what he's saying is, is I have an authority over the Old Testament law and my words carry a greater weight. Quite profound really, isn't it? But what he does on each of those times of saying, you have heard it said, he says, actually, I'm going to take this deeper than the law ever did and in fact my words are going to take you to a place where I'm going to challenge not just what you do but who you are I'm going to challenge not just the outward activity of your life but I'm going to ask you to transform your heart so he says to him things like you know you've heard it said do not look at a woman uh, do not commit adultery he says I want you to not even think that way You've heard that it was said, you know, um, don't, uh, do not murder, but I'm, I'm going to say to you, don't even call somebody a complete waste of space or a fool. You know, that's what the word is then, a completely useless piece of existence. Don't ever go there. Don't denigrate another human being in that way. Because already then, if you're going down that route, you are wiping that person off. In the same way you might physically murder them, you are emotionally and mentally doing something to wipe them out don't do that don't do that and he says that again and again this i have told you and if we will take the words of jesus seriously we go from a place of externalism to a place of um of inner transformation and change that will affect the outward and i always used to say to my kids you know when they when they were younger to my children that um you know, when they've done something really great, you know, and, uh, you know, say to them, I'm, I'm really proud of what you've done, but I'm more proud of who you are. And, and, and I think that's really important, you know, that we are proud of one another when things go well, but it's a greater, I think it's a greater thing to be proud of who somebody is, isn't it? Still feel that same way about my children, by the way. <laughs> proud of not, a dad moment here, you know, proud, I'm proud of what they've done and they've accomplished, but I'm more proud of who they are. And that's what I think the Father wants for us. And the words of Jesus will challenge us sufficiently deep, will challenge us at a, at a sufficiently deep enough level to bring that sort of change. If we want fullness, we follow the example of Jesus. Now Jesus said, um, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Whoa. Follow the example of Jesus. 
You know, as we read the New Testament, we see the things that he did. He, he challenged religious nonsense, didn't he? And he just lived a better life for it. He, he challenged, um, uh, he, he, he took time to empower the disempowered. He made sure that the structure of his life never lacked its spiritual base. When he was so busy, he still made sure he created space to top his own spiritual life up and be with the Father. He, he withdrew often to, often to lonely places and prayed. He made sure that the priority of his life was his relationship with his Father. Now Jesus said to Peter and, 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 and Andrew, he said to him, come and follow me. That's what Jesus constantly called people to do, to come and follow him. He, he gave us an example for living, an example for life, that if we will truly embrace it, will transform the way that we interact with the world around us and will help us to have fullness. You see, there's something about the, the words and the life of Jesus that is contrary to sometimes our human wisdom. Jesus was prepared to be servant of all, and that is what he said gave him the right to be Lord of all. If we can't serve, we will never lead in a Jesus way. If we can't love in a sacrificial way, we'll never look and taste and smell like Jesus and sound like Jesus, will we? And so that as we read the New Testament, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do at the moment is to is to read the words of Jesus again and to get the words and the example of Jesus, to read the Gospels again, in particular reading the Sermon on the Mount and just meditating on that and taking it in a little short, you know, it doesn't matter if it takes me a whole year to do that, you know. Um, it's just getting, making sure that I shape the way I view the Scriptures through the lens of Jesus. And then thirdly, accepting the help of Jesus. The amazing thing is that Jesus says, go and make, in Matthew 28, says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. Equally, he says that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to live with us and to live in us to walk alongside us. And the amazing thing is that Jesus gives us these, um, these words that are demanding. He gives us an example that is really quite, you know, difficult to follow. But he says, I'm not just going to ask these things of you. I'm not just going to show you these things and then not help and then not lift a finger to help you. I'm going to come and I'm going to walk that journey with you. I'm going to be in you. I'm going to give you strength when you didn't know you could fight, when you didn't know you could have it. I'm going to give you wisdom when you think you don't know what to do. I'm going to be your strength. I'm going to be your power in every situation, in every circumstance, if you will let me. Sometimes we want to try and prove ourselves to God, don't we? Say, God, I want to show you I can do this. The reality is we can't without his help. <laughs> you can't live the Jesus life without Jesus. That's the amazing thing, really, that he will help us and he will walk with us and he'll transform us as, as from the inside out. You're not alone as you walk this journey today. So here's the challenge, really, today. If you want to be somebody who lives in the fullness of God, if we as a church want to express the fullness of Christ in the world, then we have to take his word seriously. We have to take his, we have to follow his example. But the really great news is, is he won't let us walk this journey alone. 
He'll come and be with us if we'll let him. And our, and our, and our, and our part of that is to invite him to come and to walk the journey with us. You see, my brothers and sisters, we must, we must have church that looks like Jesus. We must have church that talks like Jesus. We must have church that honours Jesus in all that we do. If Jesus is not the one who is seen in us and through us, then we're not really being church, are we? And so let's prioritise that, shall we? Let's prioritise the demands of Christ. One of the most important things for me in the whole process of discipleship is that we don't water down the demands of Christ. The Beatitudes for me are a beautiful thing, really. You know, um, so Jesus says things like, um, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Sometimes when we want to make conflict, he's saying, actually, it's a better world if you're committed to always be the peacemaker. So blessed are um, the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When we deal with the inner conflicts in us, somehow or another it shapes our heart so that we see more of God. And that gives us a peace in this world. And we could go on and think more about other things that Jesus said in the Beatitudes. That's topsy-turvy things, but somehow or another creates a better existence. So, I'll leave you to think about that. love to get any feedback from you that you have and, and to think about. But I'm just going to pray and we're going to go into some more sun worship. And as we do, maybe you just want to reflect back to God how you feel about that. You might want to say to Jesus, help me to see your words afresh. It might be that you've embraced a more organisational approach to Christianity and to your faith going to church rather than being church of looking for other people to pray for things that you know you you, you know because you think that somehow or another they're closer to Jesus when actually you can have that same closeness as well so let's just pray Father help us Lord we pray to obey the words of Jesus to follow your example Jesus but more than anything else to be those who have the courage to accept your help as we walk this journey. We want to express your fullness, Jesus, here in our town, in this season, in this time. We love you, God.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I just love that song, really. Christ is all I need. No turning back, hey? Well, when we break bread, that's one of the things that we do, isn't it? We recognize the centrality of Jesus to our lives and to our world. And I'm just going to invite us to do that now. We're going to break bread together. And Jesus said that when we break this bread, you know, we remember his death until he comes. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that it is your body that was sacrificed for us. And you are the one who demands and entreats our love and our devotion. We thank you, God. Let's take the bread and remember that Jesus is at the centre of all that we are. same night that he took bread Jesus also took wine and asked his disciples to to take this as often as they met together to remember his broken body but also to remember his shed blood which guarantees us an eternal covenant something is gonna last forever <laughs> we all need permanence don't we somewhere in our life and the place that we find permanence above all else is in the relationship that Jesus offers to us. If you haven't got that relationship today, I would love you to find it. Please just feel free to, even right where you are now, to invite Jesus into your life. I'd love to hear from you as well. Just email us, inbox me, and we'll love to just pray with you and to help you start that journey. So let's say thank you to Jesus for the blood that was shed. And Lord Jesus, as we remember that you are at the centre of all, you are the one who is above all, in all, through all, the one through for whom all things exist and the one who holds all things together, we want to come to you and just continue to pray for your blessing upon our world. To pray blessing, Lord Jesus, on the distribution of vaccines, blessing, Lord God, upon those who work in, as key workers, Lord, blessing upon those who make decisions on our behalf, Lord, Blessings upon those who are, uh, who, are, uh, who are going through the virus and are, and are ill with that or with any other form of illness, Lord, and those that are affected. We pray for your blessing, God. Pray for our children, Lord, as they continue to go to school under the conditions they do. Lord, your blessing upon them. For our friends and family, Lord, that, that are abroad and, and that in less affluent countries, Lord, we ask, oh God, for your blessing and access to the vac vaccinations, Lord. And we pray above all else, Lord. Well, we pray, Lord, not necessarily above all else, but we pray, Lord Jesus, that we will look like you and sound like you in all that we do.
So Lord bless you. Have a really great week, won't you? And um, please hang around for coffee. Um, I'll put up a, a song that I tried to get going last week. We'll try and get that working this week. I think I fixed it. Um, the audio didn't work on it. So um, yeah. So just bless the uh, the uh, the, the um, login details for the coffee will be on this song. So please just during or after the song, just um, you know log into the coffee and great just to chat with others as well. But pray you'll be blessed in all that you do today, and that the Lord will show Himself. To to be with you in all that you, as you as you walk wherever you wherever wherever you are, whatever you're doing in life, whatever's going on in your world right now, I pray that the blessing of Jesus will be with you and you'll know His presence. So God bless you. It's great to be with you again this morning, and hopefully see you next week. Great. Life for